Well, good morning. Good morning. Can I call you friend? How about, how about family, right? I mean, how many are believers this morning? So we are brothers and sisters. So I just get to talk to family today. And, uh, you know, none of us knew this before about noon on Thursday, uh, but God did. So um, I believe God's going to speak to us this morning. Um, so, uh, yeah, my name is Darren Hunt, and I have the privilege of being the Alumni Services Director. As LinkedIn said, I am the Alumni Services Director at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. I've also recently taken on the role of Director over our Teen Challenge Leadership Institute. And so it is a role that allows me to be involved in the lives of our students after they graduate our long-term program. Some decide to go on to another year of leadership development, many becoming staff in our organizations, uh, some desiring to go on to ministry, and so we prepare them for ministry, others into professional uh, life, marketplace ministry, and uh, so it's a preparation ground. And uh, so it is a privilege to serve there. It's a privilege to come and, and share God's word with you today. Um, so thank you. First and foremost, thank you for the support that you give to Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, we could not do this without you, uh, without churches like yours that support us and help us to do the work that God has called us as a, as a, as a ministry and as a part of God's kingdom we couldn't do it alone, and so thank you very much. I'm hoping to share a little bit of, of some of the things that are happening at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge as, as we just uh, listen to God's challenge today to, to love God and to love others. I mean, no, that's our highest calling. I mean, that's what Jesus said in his word uh, when he was asked. He was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so my prayer is that as we look to God's word, that God would challenge us in ways that uh, we are loving. How can we love more? In ways that maybe we've been closed off, how can we, how can we open ourselves up uh, to that? So uh, would you turn in your Bibles, uh, if you have your Bibles, Galatians 5, 13. I just want to read this passage as it, as it mentions loving our neighbor and um, and Paul writes this, and, and he's telling us that uh, this is important. You know, how many know God's word is important? So if it's in there, we're going we're gonna to read that. So Galatians 5, we're also going to look at Exodus uh, chapters 3 and 4 as we talk about Moses and his calling. And, and really the, the title of my message would just be called to love. Called to love. Uh, so Galatians 5, 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, we go back to that family thing, right? You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is filled, uh, fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, that, that reminds us of Jesus' words of, of loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. That is, that, that these two things, they fulfill all the law and the prophets. And so we're going to talk about called to love. And so anytime you have a call, it begins with hearing that call. How many know that? you got to hear the call before you can even begin to answer the call. So it begins with hearing the call to, to live more than for ourselves. Uh, this call was to be free. Uh, but in that freedom, not to indulge our selfish desires, our, our flesh, our, our sinful nature, uh, but, 
but rather to serve one another humbly and to love one another as ourselves. So Moses, in, in Exodus 3, it records the calling of Moses. Moses, I'm sure all of us are familiar with the story of Moses and how God used him to deliver the children of Israel from, from 400 years of slavery and, and to bring them and to uh, get them ready to go into the promised land as they spent 40 years in the wilderness as God developed them into the community that he wanted them. Moses, he found out he was not the same as his Egyptian uh, royalty, that, that his household that he belonged to. And so early on, he, he went to visit his, his fellow Jews and saw one of them being harmed and, and uh, ended up killing one of the Egyptians. And, and the next day, he tried to settle a dispute between uh, some of his brethren, and, and we know the story. They said, are you going to kill me too? And so he ran to the desert, and he spent years out in the desert. But God decided to call him. And so in Exodus 3, it records the burning bush moment of, of Moses' life. That as he's out in the desert, he notices, hey, there's a fire in the desert. And I don't, it didn't strike him as odd. I, you know, you read it and it says what struck him was that there was a fire, but the bush wasn't being burned up. So he said, I've got to go investigate that. And as God uh, saw that he was over there, we can read it in verses uh, 1 through 3. Now Moses, who was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, he fled, he, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord God saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And this discourse happens with God, and, and Moses hears the call of God. The first thing we have to do is hear this call. Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, it is part of Teen Challenge USA. Teen Challenge USA began as a, a, a Midwestern pastor, in 1958, he felt a call, David Wilkerson just felt a call, uh, one, to dedicate himself to prayer. And so he turned off the TV and said, I've got to dedicate myself to, to these hours of prayer. Uh, it, and so he goes into his study, instead of in the TV room, goes into his study and his mind keeps being drawn back or his attention keeps being drawn back to Life magazine and says, no, I'm, I'm here to dedicate myself to prayer, but God was speaking to him. Kept drawing his attention, this Life magazine. No, I've got to pray. No, here's this Life magazine. And, and as he opens it up, he sees the story of the murders that happened in New York City and these boys that were on trial for these murders. And God issues a call to David Wilkerson and says, go to New York City and help those boys. What a crazy call. For a Midwestern pastor to go to New York City and help these, these, these gang members, these teenagers who were on trial for murder. Yet it, that was an inescapable call for him. I work for Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. So as I said, we're part of Teen Challenge USA. We've been around for, uh, in, in our, under our current CEO or, or a CEO who just, just transitioned out for 30 years. And it was 30 years ago that our CEO, Pastor Rich Sherber, he, he was in a meeting. He was just called to a meeting because there was a Teen Challenge Center in Minnesota that, that was in trouble. 
He was a missionary to Africa. And they were home itinerating. They were getting ready to go back to the mission field. Yet the denominational leaders, the, the ones who, who ran Teen Challenge that had no clients, had no, nobody they served, called them into the basement of a church that just had a phone number, a phone for Teen Challenge. Called them in there and said, we want you to take over this ministry that has no people, that's not doing anything, has $25,000 in debt, and we want you to be the CEO. And he did one of those, well, let me pray about it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it, he really wasn't feeling like, this is not an honor, guys. This is not an honor. But, you know, in this meeting, there was a phone that was ringing. And it kept ringing. And he was there with his, his wife, Lynette. And that phone kept ringing. And they asked, what, what, what's, why is that phone ringing? Well, you know, people are calling because they, they want to get their loved ones into treatment or they need treatment, but there's no one to serve them. And so we, we don't answer the phone. And they told their leaders, I didn't give them an answer that night, but they told their leaders, well, we'll let you know. And that night, they heard the call from God from that phone that kept ringing. As Lynette Sherber couldn't sleep, as she just knew that we're called to answer that phone. And they said, yes, we'll do it. You know, the first thing we have to do is we have to hear God's call. For Moses, he was out doing his work. He was out doing his work in the flock. And, and God sees attention on a, on a bush. A bush that's on fire catches his attention. And he goes to investigate and he listens and he hears the voice of God. Rich and Lynette Sherber, it was a phone that God just wouldn't put out of their mind. And so they answered that call. God calls us. God calls to us. Are we listening? And as I was preparing this again from Thursday to now, I thought... You know, God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, but you know what Moses didn't have that we do today? He didn't have any scripture written down. There was no recorded word of God. But today, we don't need a bush to be on fire to know what God wants. He says it. In fact, God in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, was asked, as we started in the opening, was asked, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So what is our call? How, if we're listening, if we're reading it, it's to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Is that God knocking? Is that, is that what that is? <laughs> Men and women, boys and girls, throughout the centuries, continue to hear the voice of God through his word. Continue to hear that still, small voice through the spirit of God. Through those moments where, where God causes a phone to ring. Or those moments in our life where we know that this is what God wants. 
You know, three years ago, I had just moved my family from California to Minnesota. I was a pastor out in California. And we, uh, we knew God had called us to move to Minnesota. And, uh, but I also knew that God had said, you know what? Don't go back into pastoral work. I'm going to provide a job for you. So don't ever do this. But the journey God had us on was just to load up a big moving truck, drive out to Minnesota with no job, just trusting God, you know, just a, a faith walk that, and, and, you know, as I think back on it, I'm like, man, I should have been a lot more nervous than I was. Because again, I wouldn't recommend anybody does this, but, but, but anyhow, that's what God did. June 15th of 2019, we moved into our house in Blaine, and, and uh, that was on a Saturday. On Monday, just locked myself in the office. That we just had a desk and a computer and started looking for work because looking for work, that's a full-time job, right? Kept looking for work. Never cr- came across Teen Challenge at all. So I had some other interviews, some, some job offers. Our third Sunday in town because we believe in the family of God and so we continue to look for uh, a church to be a part of. Our third Sunday in town, we happened to go to this church, just happened to. Uh, we didn't plan on staying there, but we wanted to visit there at least once, and, and so we decided to go this Sunday. The Teen Challenge Choir just happened to be there. You guys ever have the Teen Challenge Choir here? So it just happened to be there that Sunday. Our, our, our CEO, Rich Sherber, he happened to be there that day. Our hiring manager also just happened to be there. My wife and I looked at each other and said, I have got to go talk to them. And that was on Sunday. By Friday, I was in our long-term uh, men's director's office, Terry Francis, who, who, uh, who I'm filling in for right now. Uh, and he hired me for a recovery coach supervisor who supervises the staff over one of our men's houses in Minneapolis. And I knew that I knew that I knew that this was the call that I needed to answer. And I didn't know all that God would do in these past three years but I knew that this was the call. In order to do anything about answering the call, about keeping on with it, we first have to hear God's call. And I just challenge us all. Make sure we're, we're getting this book in us. This is the written word of God, carried along through the centuries so that we might have it. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And as we read The Holy Spirit makes it alive to us. In services like these, let's be open to what God has for us. In our prayer times, are we open to that still, small voice, that that voice that says, you should go do this. We talk about loving our neighbor. You You should go talk to Gary in your workplace. Listen to that still, small voice. Follow him. It begins with hearing that call. Begins with hearing that call, and then uh, hearing the call. We so I get to work with now alumni, and, and this is a newer department for us. So when I started, we didn't even have an alumni services department. Uh, but about two years ago, we said we really need to invest in what happens afterwards. We've always we've always cared for our graduates, uh, but we said you know we need to invest in a in a in an alumni services department. Uh, so just over a year ago, I took over that department. And, and we began to define alumni as anyone who's been a part of treatment for any length of time. 
And we've seen God do amazing things. Just as our program has grown and expanded, how many know Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, we have 14 residential locations throughout the state with new facilities coming soon in Buffalo, and we just had a groundbreaking in Alexandria. We serve about 3,100 people each year. So 3,100 people become alumni each year uh, of our program. And so we want to develop what happens next. God has supplied in, in amazing ways. We've developed a partnership with uh, uh, AmeriCorps. If you've ever heard of AmeriCorps, they operate Recovery Corps. And, and this is a partnership that has supplied full-time staff, our alumni. They've hired our alumni to come back and work for us. They pay their paycheck, and I get to supervise them. And they get to work with our alumni. They get to work with our clients and our program. They get to provide free peer support to anybody in recovery. Not just alumni, but anybody in recovery. Amazing things that God does when we just hear God's voice and, and we say yes. And as a church, as a church, we can listen to God's voice to love others just by being welcoming and open. Such a privilege to join with you today and to see your smiling faces, many of you welcoming us to your church. What a great thing. What an amazing thing to, to come at the end of VBS. I, I remember doing vacation Bible schools with, uh, with our church in California and, and my girls going through vacation Bible school and also being those youth that were helping out uh, doing games and things with our vacation Bible school. But as we open up and say, you know, we're going to invest in this and we're going to do this, someone heard the call and someone said yes. Just being open. You know, our alumni... Some ways that, that maybe, maybe you would want to help. Some calls that, that you might want to answer. It's just being open to whoever walks in your door. You know that our graduates, they have one of the, the best success rates of any, any treatment program. And it is because of Jesus Christ. It's because we keep that central in our focus. That it's not, not just treatment, but it's life transformation. As God begins to do a new work in men's and women's lives, in teen boys' lives. We, we see it every day, and it's a privilege to work with them. The number one support named for maintaining sobriety in our graduates and our alumni is a connection to faith or faith community, about 76%. 76% said, this is, this is what is keeping me sober, is a connection to a faith community. So the more open you are to welcome people in, to welcome people in, no matter their background, no matter what they look like on the outside. So would you come in? Would you be part of the family? You're my brother. You're my sister. Take notice. As someone becomes a part of our congregations, do we take notice when they're no longer with us, when they miss a few weeks? You know, that isolation is one of the number one reasons for relapse. When someone starts to pull away from those things that have, that have brought them help and brought them strength. Reaching out, taking notice. Mentors and volunteers in our program. We have some of the best mentors and volunteers because they come from churches just like yours. People who hear God's call and say, yes, I'll do it. But once we hear this call, it, it requires a response. And I love... Moses' response. 
God does a lot for Moses. God is so patient with Moses. He answers some of his questions. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And God answers every single question. But in Exodus 4.13, Moses says, essentially, God, with all due respect, could you send someone else? Could, just, thanks, but I'll pass. How many ever felt that way? Thanks, but I'll pass. You know, I think someone else could do it better. You know, and that, that was all what Moses had said. Well, what if I go and they don't believe me? What if, uh, you know, I don't speak very good. So, uh, you know, please send someone else. Thankfully, God, he was patient. And he did use Moses. David Wilkerson, he did go to New York City. This Midwestern pastor out of his element in New York City city court, but it didn't look like what he thought it was going to look like. He got thrown out of the court, was never able to talk to those boys that God said, go and help those boys. How many ever hit roadblocks? You thought you were answering the call, you thought this was it, but it really wasn't. Not in what you thought. But David Wilkerson, as he left that courtroom, got thrown out of that courtroom, a, a reporter just took a picture of him with his Bible. And there was a story in, 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 the, in the New York paper. And it was that picture of him that circulated and, and gave him credibility as he went and began to minister to the boys who were in gangs in New York City. Not the ones on trial, but, but these that he, he eventually led to the Lord and began this, this incredible work that's now Adult and Teen Challenge with 200 centers in the U.S. and 1,000 in the world. It didn't look like what he thought, but he answered the call. He heard the call, he answered the call. Rich and Lynette, they said yes, they'll answer the phone, but it was a hard road to plow. Rich just recently released a book and he highlights, uh, he, he talks about the story of, of what God did. Amazing book, bringing no glory to Rich, but all the glory to God. That he simply listened to when the waters would stir, he simply listened to God's voice and, and got to watch God. But he describes a time where he gave up, he quit. And it was right as he came to that point of quitting that he heard a knock on the door and it was finally the first donation that came in to begin the very first center that would happen. And, and it, the doors just, just flew open after that point. Certainly that call, when we answer the call, it's not always easy. When you go and, and you say, God, I'm going to be your person in my workplace. God, I'm going to represent you just in the way I work. And you face that opposition. You face that person that doesn't believe like you and they don't like you. And they challenge you. And you say, God, give me the strength because all you've called me to do is love. Is love. He hasn't called us to win any battles, fight any fights. He's called us to love. God, help me to love well. Love my neighbor in my workplace. Love my neighbor in my community. 
love my neighbors and my church. And to love well. We've got to hear the, hear the call. We've got to answer the call. Jesus' kingdom is established through men and women who said yes to God. Yes to loving and serving others, even to the point of their own death. All of his disciples convinced of Jesus Christ as Lord. As they spread the gospel, as it says in the book of Acts, that they turned the world upside down. They gave their life to love and serve God, to love and serve others. And all throughout the centuries, men and women have been doing this as well. At church, as you feel God's call, talk to your pastors, get involved. Serve when you're called to serve. Serve when God calls you. At home, love well. Love well for all the parents of young children. That is your call. All the husbands and wives, love your spouses well. I believe God has called us to love him first in our priorities, put God first in our life. And then if we are a husband or a wife, we're to put that spouse next. And then as parents, our kids, and then everything else falls in line with that, our church, our work, everything. Keeping God first. But are we loving well our spouses? Are we loving well our kids? Are we working as unto the Lord at work? And our communities responding as the Lord prompts us. And as you hear that call to respond. And then after that, it's just to persevere and to go through the seasons. How many know we go through seasons of life? What God calls us to at one moment doesn't necessarily mean that's a lifetime call. For David Wilkerson, and it, it wasn't long, about 13 years, he gave, uh, he gave his brother Don Wilkerson a charge over the Brooklyn Center, and, and God took David Wilkerson home to be with the Lord in 2011, yet that work continues on. I mentioned Rich and Lynette Sherber, who took on the CEO position in 1991 and, and has brought this ministry to where it is today. Felt very clearly that that, that season was going to be wrapping up. So carefully within this last year, uh, we've had a CEO transition, and God has brought uh, a new CEO, Tom Trzinski, who's uh, who has a pastoral background, a, a background in, in finance, uh, but more importantly, a, an incredible love for God who saved his life, who changed him. And all he wants to do is live for him. He's been the director of our Rochester Center and uh, just this month has taken over the, the CEO position of Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And here's why. Because Pastor Rich said, this ministry is too important for a CEO who's not going to continue to give 110%. And he gave at least 110% every year. He'll continue to be a part of this ministry. But he said, we're reaching out in so many areas. We need someone that's going to take it the next season, the next step. You know what God called you to 10 years ago, 20 years ago? It may be exactly what he wants you to do today. But God may be calling you to something new, something deeper. 
something he's been preparing you for. I started my walk with God. I heard God's voice in a short-term treatment center in Anaheim, California when I was 17 years old. How many know what's in Anaheim, California? Disneyland. Disneyland's in Anaheim, California. Do you know I had a roommate at my adolescent treatment center whose parents woke him up in the morning and said, do you want to go to Disneyland? Got him in the car and then dropped him off at treatment. One of the worst ways to start treatment. I mean, Disneyland, happiest place on earth. Treatment, like second happiest place on earth, you know, so. But I heard God's voice. I heard God's call in that treatment center, and God changed my life. And he used a church just like yours to continue the work that he started in that treatment center. This was almost 30 years ago. And I left that treatment center in love with God, and I started going to church every time the doors were open. Now, the doors were open a lot more back then. Um, uh, you know, back then, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, how it was here, but back then, I mean, I went to Sunday school in the morning. I went to Sunday morning service, and then that wasn't enough, so we had a Sunday night service. I was 17, and there was a youth group on Tuesday. Wednesday, we had adult Bible study. I was almost 18. There was a college and career group on Thursday. Some old guys got together for prayer in a fireside room at 6 a.m. on a Friday and thought, well, I wasn't even usually home from partying until, you know, after 6 a.m., so I might as well go pray. Seven times a week I'm in church in, in, involved with different members of that church community that had my best interests at heart and welcomed me in with open arms. They didn't judge me on what my record said. They didn't judge me on where I'd just come from. They just opened up their arms and loved me. And I stand here today because God used them to love me well. God used that church, that, that time to develop me and help me to, to move into the next phase of my life where I went to Springfield, Missouri, went to Bible college there, met my beautiful wife, uh, we'll celebrate 27 years of marriage in a few weeks. And um, we went from Missouri to Iowa. We've been all over the place. Iowa, um, just, just south of us, Iowa, <laughs> for two years. I mean, so I went from California. I grew up in Southern California and went to Missouri. And I thought, man, that's, this is small town Midwest right here. And then, and then God called me to Iowa. I had to get the map out and figure out where Iowa was. We spent two years in Iowa, and then, then we went back to California. We went back to Missouri. We went to Minnesota for the first time. We went over to California again, and then now back here. I'm telling you, God takes us through seasons, but he prepares us for what happens, and he'll use us along the way when we allow him. In Iowa, we, we got pregnant with our first child. And he was stillborn in Iowa. He's buried in Missouri, where my wife's from. From Iowa, we moved to California, and we had our two daughters. They were both born early, spent five weeks in neonatal intensive care. But God, God developed them, God helped them. From California, we moved to Missouri. My youngest was diagnosed with a rare disease that brought us to Minnesota, where she went through a bone marrow transplant at, in 2005 at the University of Minnesota. 
God blessed her through that. And after three years, he called us back to California to pastor. And we enjoyed a great season serving the Lord there in California, raising our kids. And as our youngest grew and, and she developed some other medical conditions and it became really clear, you know, we need to go back to the University of Minnesota. So we came back four years ago for some follow-up treatment, 13-year post-transplant checkup, and she was diagnosed with a melanoma that they missed in California and said, you know what, it's time to move back to Minnesota. So God knew all this. So we spent that year getting ready to move. I had a year to move, and I still told you I moved without a job. <laughs> but that's what God had called us to do. And if I had said, no, God, I need to have a job before I go. No, God, I need to take the first thing here. I never came across Teen Challenge once until, until I was in that church service that God had ordained. And I heard God's call. Guys, God doesn't call us to things we can't do. I wish he called us to easy stuff, you know, but he doesn't always call us to easy stuff. But he tells us, you know what, I'm going to help you. Yeah, that's his promise. I told you we don't need a burning bush. I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice, but, but we do have the still small voice of the Lord, but we also have his written word. And in Matthew 28, as Jesus, uh, as the gospel of Matthew closes, Jesus' words are, all authority under heaven and earth have been given to me. And go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says these beautiful words, and I will be with you. Do you know in all of our travels and everywhere we've gone, We've never been alone, but God has been with us. God will be with you. God will be with you. We need to hear his voice. As we hear him, we need to respond. And as we respond, we have to persevere. There's no quit. There's no quit. We have to stay connected and stay involved with what God wants us to do. We have another song. If the worship team would come, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And as we worship, as we spend these last moments with the Lord before we dismiss, I would encourage us, let's, let's take some time and let's pray. Let's say, God, are there ways that I need to respond more to you? God, are there ways that, that you could use me to serve others? Even just getting to know that, that person that's been sitting down the row from you. Welcoming that person that, that just started at your workplace. Maybe it is some things that, that God's saying, you know what? 
Maybe it's time to rearrange your schedule and be a part of a home group or be a part of serving in some way. God's calling you, putting something on your heart about mentoring or volunteering. I, I did bring some paperwork at the table as you leave, and you can certainly ask me any questions. Maybe God's calling you to be staff like he did three years ago to me. Talk to me. But whatever it is, I know God has a plan for you, has plans for you. And it's simply to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and allow him to work out the details no matter where he takes you, no matter what he does, surrender to him and give it to him. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. God, we thank you so much for, uh, God, your love for us. God, we thank you that no matter what we go through in life, Lord, you are with us. God, I thank you for my friends here today. God, I thank you for this church that God doesn't just look to support themselves and themselves only, but God looks outside these walls to serve in this community. God, to serve in other organizations like, like ours, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. God, I thank you for their heart to serve. God, I pray, would you touch our ears today, God? To hear and then, God, touch our heart to respond. And God, as we respond, Lord, I'd ask that we'd get to see you do some amazing things. God, I know sometimes this side of heaven, we won't see the results of that prayer we offer, of that love we give. But Lord, sometimes we get to, God, and I pray for my friends that, God, you would give us that. Lord, we give you thanks in Jesus' name.